Good evening. As always, well, not as always. I just broke my microphone and my phone and my uh, phone last week. But uh, like I said, the podcast is going to be of shitty quality right now because simply for the fact the content shall never lack in luster of great adjective magic, magic, good funny shit, or good deep points. But right now, because my microphone can't plug up to this iPhone 4 that I'm using because my original recording devices, both my laptop and my phone, are destroyed, um, I gotta use this, I gotta use this old school iPhone 4. So thank you guys for rocking with me, even in the trials of times when the audio is not at its best, when the audio, of course, at its shittiest. And I thank you for being a part of the family. What's going on? Welcome to People's Paradise Podcast. Shout out to you for being part of the family. Shout out to you for joining me live. This episode is going to be on more of a somber note, and what's motivated me to talk about this was because I don't know how many of y'all are familiar with the young, yellow-skinned, tattooed, oddly bearded man with the voice like Keith David, like Keith David and in Garden as Goliath and Gargoyles, but Joe Budden podcast. He has a podcast called the Joe Budden Podcast. It used to be called. I'll name this podcast later. And less than 24 hours ago, he released an episode where he announced that his podcast has signed a major deal with Spotify for for distribution on Spotify. First off, from the bottom of my heart, I want to congratulate him. I want to congratulate everybody on his podcast team. I want to congratulate Maul. I want to congratulate Rory. I want to congratulate E and his lawyer. I want to congratulate um, Parks. I want to congratulate all of them and all the guests that they've had in the past, too. From the Youngbergs to the Charlemagnes, etc. And the reason why I bring this up is because Joe Budden, I liked how transparent he was on yesterday's episode about the struggle it took to get to a point where he could find the perfect deal for his podcast. The struggle that he went through in his career, even as being a rapper, where he's getting knocked down and slided the giftedness that he displays and this like lyrical artistry is constantly ignored. Now, we personally have always said when it comes to Joe Budden's rapping, I don't think it's like all that, but you know, it is what it is. He does write some great lyrics, so but it's like hit and miss for me sometimes, honestly. But so because of that, and he was talking about the walls, he got put up the price, the quota of price that record labels were telling him he was working when he approached them for deals or projects. And it was something he said, man, that really resonated with me. He said, I felt like I was going to, I was 36, and I was about to go in my 40s as being fucking broke, struggling, and an ignored rapper. And that hit my heart to the core. That hit me into the core because I'm in my mid-20s, leaving my mid-20s, really, and it burns me so much, man, to like, like the reason why I put the title "Suicidal Thoughts" in this podcast is because that is something I've always struggled with. I've always struggled with thoughts about killing myself, thoughts of of just trying to run away from my issues, just ending it all, saying "fuck it," and no more. Nothing else in this world has made me go to those thoughts more than me trying to figure out a way to get this podcast off the ground. Joe Budden started his podcast in 2015. I started mine in 2016, early half of 2016. And 
like most podcasts, he does his once a week. I did mine seven times a week. And at times, even now, I do it five times a week. But there were times where I was doing a daily episode, late night episode, because my passion for the art form was so immense. Like, I felt like this was my way to really get out there and really talk to people and really get people to understand where I come from, my perspective on things, educate them on the world. So when I first started doing this, bro, it was like I had found my wife. Like, it felt like I had found what I was put on this world to do. And it broke my soul. It crushed my spirit every single time I promoted and shared and got a hundred four hundred four hundred and seventy six fucking dollars in debt on Facebook ads revenue right now because the ad campaigns I run for my podcast. I'm three hundred dollars in debt on Twitter ads for Twitter for ad campaigns I run for the podcast. YouTube and my Google ads, I'm two hundred dollars on debt on both my YouTube accounts. Because I've just been trying so hard for the last two years to get off the ground and like it it you don't understand how how that made me feel to see somebody in this podcast room and there are, there are thousands of podcasters out there making money there are thousands of them out there it's just that for this time for this moment right now the one we're going to use as the um to paint the picture of optimism we're going to use Joe Budden and i need you don't understand how much i needed to hear that you don't understand how much i needed to hear we are podcasters like I'm a podcaster like you. I went through the struggle like you. I was ignored like you. But now the deal is on the table. And one thing I liked about it too is he made I've been so focused on trying to get to the pinnacle, trying to get to the top, trying to get to the point where I can have some leeway and some leverage so I can start running ads in my podcast, so I can start doing live shows and booking theaters for live shows. And he said and I love to hear him talk about the point where it's like Knowing your worth, knowing what deals are right for you and what deals aren't right for you. Like he even said at one point, the thirty five hundred ad. He said, hey, "I'm not finna, I'm not finna uh, risk the integrity of this podcast for a thirty five hundred dollar ad just for for some bullshit." And in my position right now, nigga, I do it ad. Nigga, I do it. Nigga, I do it ad about about. I don't even like porno. I do an ad about a fucking about fifty a promote for Fifty Shades of Grey Part Five. And for thirty five hundred dollars, I think for three thousand dollars, because that's how poor I am right now. But he made me really think about that, man. Like sacrificing, to not sacrifice the integrity of this podcast, to not sacrifice the integrity of this podcast, to not sacrifice the integrity of my of your identity. And man, I just had to. I gotta really. I gotta really. I have to really congratulate him. And I want to respect that because. Man, I got to respect the integrity of a man who, the easiest way to see how strong a man's mentality, uh, how strong a man's integrity is, is tested with currency, tested with the offer of money. And so I respected the fact that he did, he said that. And I mean, it motivated me, man. And this podcast, I put in so much hard, hard work and effort into it to get off the ground even to get to the point where even two or three people are listening to me. I put in so much effort, so much hard work. And I don't know when it's going to pop off. You know, that scares me more than anything. I don't know when it's going to pop off. I just know I've sat in front of this mic. Well, many, I've sat in front of four different microphones, three different phones, multiple cafes, multiple library, reading rooms and study rooms and studios, multiple living rooms, cars even, recording this podcast for the entertainment of 
imagined listeners that I imagined in my mind I had, the imagined audience that I pictured in my brain that were that were vibing to what I had to say, indulging, loving what I had to say, and seeing me as one of the new Howard Stern, one of the new Joe Buttons, one of the new um I guess less racist Paul Moonies, you know, like that inspired me. One of the less, one of the less controversial uh, PD Greens. And it took a lot. I think when I get to the subject, when I talk about the struggle of creativity, the reason why that's a big thing for, for today and why I want to bring up that is because like when you're creative and there are some creators who are listening to this right now, shout out to Donnie. Really talented composer, musician. Shout out to Alex Collado. Great lyricist. Charismatic personality. When you're an artist, bro, the struggle the, the struggle that you have to go through, people telling you, no, you can't. You don't got it. You're not there. Nobody wants to listen to you. Your voice sounds terrible. You're not funny. You're nerdy. You're corny and all this other bullshit. It's hard, man. And it's hard to keep your faith, keep your faith, keep your wall of solidity against such adversity. And that's one of the hardest things that, that comes with being a podcaster. It's like the part where you have to have faith in yourself and have faith in how things are going to turn out. I've had to constantly go through modes and seasons of depression where I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Why is nobody vibing to me? Why is nobody listening to me? What's going on? And all those moments, I had to, I had to always pick myself back up, pick myself back up. I was going through that just four or five days ago, thinking, man, because how, because how, how I exist in this world is, the only thing I exist for in this world is to accomplish my dream and my goal of being the greatest podcaster, broadcaster, whatever you want to call it, radio host. When I get in front of a fucking microphone and I'm orating, orating to my people. Or telling about my opinion about the world, or giving my giving my commentary as a pundit. I feel I am at home. I feel like this is what God put me on this earth to do, and you or nobody else could tell me any different. And I don't want to live a world where I can't do that and support myself at the same time. I don't want to live in a world where I can't do that and. That's the only means I need to eat to survive. That's the only thing that's keep. That's what I want. That's what I need in this world. And that's just it. I can't. I honestly, and I mean this so hardly from the bottom of my heart, but like, I'm here for this. I'm here for this. Like, I'm here for. I'm here to be the greatest at this. I'm here to live this life. And if I can't have that as a presence in my life, if that can't be the feature, that can't be the lead role, then I don't want to be here anymore. And that was the that's the internal struggle that I still struggle with every single day when it comes to my thoughts. It's like, bro, if 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 I'm a, if if I'm gonna turn 26, 25, 24, if I'm gonna get him, I'm being my mid twenties, nigga, and I'm I'm not gonna be. <clears throat> And I'm not going to be successful if I'm not going to be on top in the field that I desire and I dream to be on top of. Then, nigga, I don't want to be here anymore. I don't want to exist. I don't want to keep wasting breath and wasting space and keep receiving a paycheck from a job that I don't feel like I'm supposed to be at. If if I can't live, if I can't live the world I want to live, if I can't live the world the way I want to live. And it's hard, man. The saddest thing about what I'm saying is, is 
and this is why it was important with the Joe Budden um, said yesterday. Excuse me for the bourbon. Nasty nigga. I said, nah, excuse me, Bert, one more time. But the reason why that struck a chord with me so much is because all of us as artists have had to deal with it. D.L. Hughley had to deal with it. When he was a young, struggling comic, raising two daughters and having a wife. Steve Harvey, the same thing. When he was a struggling comic, two daughters and a wife. Bernie Mac, the same thing. Howard Stern, the same thing. Charlamagne the guy, the same thing. We all went through these struggles where we really felt like our well, Charlamagne is different. We all went through these struggles where we felt like for for multiple moments of time, nigga, is this really me? What's going on? Is this what's going on? Why isn't this? Ha- what's going on? Why what's going on? Like why isn't it working? Why what's going on? What's going on? I just want to kill myself. I just want to wipe myself from the face of the fucking earth. I just want to end my life completely and reside in the pits of hell. Like, you just give the fuck up so many times, bro. I've been knocked down so many times with this podcast thing, bro. There's so many artists, so many entertainers whose inboxes are full of messages. If you go to a many a Twitter profile, many an Instagram post of some of your most famous Instagram personalities, you will see me saying, you will see comments from me, the People's Paradise Podcast on Instagram, begging these niggas for an interview, begging these niggas for some, begging these niggas for a guest interview, begging these niggas to let me voice over one of the commercials. Begging these niggas to check out my Instagram post. Begging these niggas. Begging, begging, begging. If you go to every single artist out there, from the from the Kendrick Lamar, to the Daniel Caesars, to the Scissors, and to the Paula Pattons, to the Jamie Foxes, I've inboxed every one of these niggas' agents and asked them, may I have this man sit down at the seat of my table for a podcast over the phone? I begged, I stomped until my face turned blue. And I'm black, so that's pretty hard for it to do. Like, I didn't mean to make that rhyme, but it was kind of lying. So, anyway, with that being said, so, I, it's, 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 it's always, bro, you're always, it's always adversity. It's an adversity, bro, that you will, man, when you're doing this shit, it is an adversity against you that, that does not compare. It just does not compare. Like, it is an adversity against you that when you do this, when you are, when you are doing this, it's an adversity against you that is it's 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 crazy. When you're pursuing your dream as a creator, as an innovator, when you're doing something that's different from the general masses, it is something that's against you. And whether you believe in the forces of evil and the devil and whatever the hell Islam's called the uh, the what. The um, the dude who created the evil white people. When you feel like you're fighting against those forces, bro, it can feel like the whole world is fucking against you, and it feels like your whole world is about to end. But we all instinctively know as creators, we all instinctively know as innovators, we all know instinctively of those people who are following our passion, who are following our dreams, who are following the thing that we know that God put us on this earth to create, to innovate, to contribute to. We all know we are following the thing that 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 is designed for us to be, that we are designed to be. We are simply following the path that our evolutionary process of person has made us come to. I always say, like, when you find your passion, when you find out what you put on this world to do, it is also a discovery process, but it also is an evolutionary process. There's a discovery process of you reconnecting with that childhood, that in, inner child of you, that inner child of you, that inner passion that you always might have had for that activity, but you never thought about it. 
If a nigga when I was 11 or 12 years of age would have sat me in front of a microphone at the high school radio or the middle school radio, my school district was too poor to have him. But goddamn it, if we did, truthfully might have had, I'm not honestly, but like if they would have sat me in front of that, my whole world would have changed. My whole world would have changed. My whole, my, the whole way I looked at passions, the whole way I, the whole way I even, the only way I even can, the whole way I even conducted myself would have changed because I'd have found my, I'd have found my, my, my reason. I'd have found like when I get like, bro, when I do this shit, bro, it's like, like you don't understand. Like if I'd have found that, then I'd have found. It. So that love for podcasting, that love for broadcasting, was always in my heart. It's always been there inside of me, but. The evolutionary process came when I matured and had to go through so many different hurdles of thinking I wanted to be a kinesiologist, thinking I wanted to be an architect, writing poetry, doing stand-up comedy, all to come full circle and come back to what my original passion was. When I was 12 and 11 years old, just sitting in front of kids, just spewing information, just talking, talking, telling this, telling them that. Coming to school with books, I'm going to school with nigga kids, and by nigga kids, I don't mean just black. I'm talking about nigga Mexican, Mexican nigga Mexicans, nigga blacks, nigga Asians, which is a very, a very, very uncouth way of saying uh, badass fucking uh, little nigglets. So with that being said, little gangsterlets. So that being said, I'm 10 years old, 11 years old, busting the classroom with Greek mythology books, Bibles, explaining to them. So this is this, this is that, this is this, this and that. I've always had that in my heart, but I couldn't put a, I couldn't put a, um, I couldn't put a, I, I couldn't put a face on it. I didn't know what it was, but it was like, I couldn't put a face on what I couldn't, I couldn't put a face on what it was I was feeling that was making me feel like I love doing this. I love talking. I love the art of conversation. I love being able to relate with people. And that's the thing that makes me who I am. That's the thing that gives me this talent. Fuck the voice. I use that voice shit as a promo on my Twitter, on my Instagram, on my Facebook, all that time. Fuck my fucking voice. Without this fucking voice, when it comes to just the ability, the gift of relating to people and understanding their background and opening people up, making them feel comfortable with talking to me hours on end, without this fucking voice, without this fucking jawline, without this fucking face, without this fucking height, I got that as a gift. That is my talent. There's just nobody who sees me when it comes to that. And, and, and I always say the same thing, and this is what I always say, if you're trying to find your passion, it all simply comes from, it all stems from a place of interest. When I'm talking to you, I'm genuinely interested in who you are as a person. I want to know where you come from. I want to know what you are. We're not going to be here all night. We're not going to be here all night. We're not going to be here all night. Um, the Q and A. Let's get into the Q and A. I only have one Q and A. Shout out to my homie Guapo Latte, who said Q and A. Guapo Latte. He said, "What's my feels on the Amorosa and Donald Trump beef?" So here's my thing about that. 
Omarosa, for the past four and a half weeks, has been on this fuck Trump campaign. I was brainwashed by him and the light of his of his orange golden hair. He tricked me into sitting next to him while he said some of the most racist and craziest shit in and outside of that White House. And I didn't know until four and a half weeks ago that he really was evil. He was a dick. I conveniently really didn't know he was an evil ass person until he fired me. I am not buying that shit. I simply feel like she sees an opportunity for her to get a lot of money off of interviews, off of book money, because she don't have that consistent check coming in from the White House. And so she's just trying to get get her shit off. She feels scorned and betrayed because she set up and sucked. She set up next and sucked. Set up and sucked next to this niggas. This niggas nuts for the last ten and a half ten and a half years. Like I'm, I'm not buying it. I'm not buying it. I'm not buying it. I don't give a damn. Black people as a whole, we've never. I, I can't. I don't want to get into that because truthfully, I really don't give a fuck about Amarosa. I don't care. On my first impression of Amarosa was her on I Love New York, the second season. I think it was not first season, first season, and I don't give a fuck. I haven't given. I haven't given much of two fucks since then. She. I don't care. I think she's just somebody who's just looking for attention. She wants to get views. She wants to get a book deal. She wants to be famous, and that's that. She wants to be famous, and that's that. I I can't I can't stress that enough. That's what she wants to be. That's what she wants. That's what she wants to be. That's what she wants to be. And it is what it is. Now, Amarosa, you have the freedom to do what you want to do. Do your thing. Just know. The People's Paradise podcast does not con- con- uh, serve you. And let me tell you this. For all those people who say, you know, this is mostly the people who are on the right, who always say, why do you always, the people on the, they always say the liberals are always comparing Trump to Adolf Hitler and saying all these crazy, obscene things about him and constantly tearing him down the media. He is nothing like Hitler. He's nothing like that. Let me tell you something. There is no slipperier slope than human morality. Adolf Hitler Adolf Hitler set the climate, tuned the weather to be able to do some of the horrific things he performed upon the Jewish people in Germany, starting with some of the rhetoric that Donald Trump spews, blaming another race for the issues of the other. You guys can't get jobs because the Mexicans are taking them. Let's build a wall. Our country is eternal because we're letting in too many immigrants. Let's close everybody off. Blame this group. Blame that group. Whenever you start having that separatist mentality and constantly assaulting the, the you're assaulting in essence you're assaulting the prosperance of another group. Well, not even necessarily the prosperance, you're assaulting the presence of another group and blaming the pitfalls of another racial group because that one's present, then we're gonna have an issue. Because what's gonna happen is the lack of morale the morality the the humorality that you naturally feel that other group is going to go lower and lower and lower because now you feel like they're the ops. Now you feel like it's okay to say fuck them. Now it's okay to put kids in cages and shit like that. So it's a very, very slippery slope. I think some of the greatest leaders that we have in this world, some of the most horrific, crazy-ass motherfuckers to ever stand on the podium and convince after people to pick up machetes and slaughter people, probably started with benign intents. Fidel Castro. I heard. So I was reading some articles where people were saying Genghis Khan, despite the fact that he damn near exterminated half the human race in Eurasia. This nigga, that outside of that, he actually was a relatively fair leader. 
and he probably had a real vision. So it's a slippery slope. I'm glad to know I'm not in a I'm not in a place of power where I I can decide people's fate like that because I don't know what I would do. And I don't know what a lot of us would do. It's the same because a lot of times you. So, do I think Donald Trump is the next coming of Hitler? No, but at the same time, nigga, I don't think nobody thought Hitler was the next was the next coming of Hitler when he when he was Hitler when he was here, nigga. Like just being just keeping it a buck with you. You have to be aware, nigga. Not every it's just crazy. So, I pray for the state of this country. I pray. I pray for the state of Donald Trump. I pray for the state of my own damn state because I love this state. California, I always say this is one of the greatest states of all of mankind and one of the greatest states, provinces ever to exist in the history of mankind and nowhere shall ever compare. And I think it's dope. Um, with that being said, my name is JT. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being a part of the family. Much love, peace, and chicken juice.